Hello, and welcome to the Subverse News Podcast. Today we are going to talk about a range of topics, including FBI memo classifies conspiracy theorists as potential domestic terror threats, U.S. and Russia ditch Cold War-era nuclear arms treaty, U.S. prepares to withdraw thousands of troops from Afghanistan, U.S. military surveying the Midwest with experimental balloons. Before we get into today's topics, make sure you follow us on Minds at subverse.minds.com, where you can find our articles, exclusive content, and our distributed newsroom. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Medium. Links are in the podcast description. The Federal Bureau of Investigation released an assessment that outlines the potential risk of individuals who they believe operate using fringe conspiracies, stating that the theorists pose a domestic security and terrorist threat. Yahoo News, first reported on the intelligence memo, dated May 30, 2019, released by the FBI's Phoenix Field Office. It states that conspiracy theory-driven domestic extremists are currently a growing threat in the United States and cites a number of arrests of individuals motivated by fringe beliefs. The documents state that figures such as QAnon, specifically, a secretive individual or network of individuals who purport ideas such as Pizzagate, a theory about a pedophile ring being run by elites, as well as deep state actors attempting to undermine the Trump administration. While the FBI does not specifically state that all conspiratorial beliefs are dangerous, it does cite attempted or successful violent attacks, such as the Pizzagate conspiracy leading to a man firing a rifle inside a Washington, D.C. restaurant, Comet Ping Pong, where he believed children were being kept for nefarious purposes. Another incident that the FBI documents include is a California man who was arrested with bomb-making materials in his vehicle and had plans to blow up a satanic temple monument in Springfield, Illinois, in an attempt to make Americans aware of Pizzagate and the New World Order, who were dismantling society. The document states, The FBI assesses these conspiracy theories will very likely emerge, spread, and involve the modern information marketplace, occasionally driving both groups and individual extremists to carry out criminal or violent attacks. Also highlighting that the intensity of the threat is, the uncovering of real conspiracy theories or cover-ups involving illegal, harmful, or unconstitutional activities by government officials or leading political figures. While the FBI points to the potential threat of unveiling real cover-ups, the documents do not specify which political leaders or which cover-ups they are referring to. Theory-driven violence is not a new issue, the FBI acknowledges, but they believe that it has been exacerbated by advances in communication and technology, as well as by the increased political divide due to partisan politics leading up to the 2020 presidential elections. The document says the advent of the Internet and social media has enabled promoters of conspiracy theories to produce and share greater volumes of material via online platforms that larger audience of consumers can quickly and easily access. The Bureau states in the bulletin that it is intended to inform discussions with law enforcement as they relate to potentially harmful conspiracy theories and domestic extremism. David Garrow, a historian and Pulitzer Prize-winning author, raises doubts about the FBI's assumption that violence is motivated by political belief rather than mental illness. The guy who shot up the pizza place in D.C., do we think of him as a right-wing activist or insane, Garrow stated. I don't think most of us would do a good job in predicting what sort of wacky information could lead someone to violence, or lead anyone to violence. Pizzagate would be a great example of that. 
Michael German, a fellow with the Brennan Center for Justice's Liberty and National Security, as well as a former FBI agent, expresses concern with the proliferation of the extremist categories. They like the radicalization theory because it justifies mass surveillance, German says. If we know everyone who will do harm is coming from this particular community, mass surveillance is important. We keep broadening the number of communities we include in extremist categories. The United States officially ended its Cold War-era treaty with Russia, which prohibited the development of ground-launched, medium-range nuclear missiles. The U.S. claims that Russia has been violating the treaty for years by developing its 9M729 missile system. Russia has maintained that the missile system does not violate the treaty. In November 2018, Russian Deputy Foreign Minister Sergei Ryabkov claimed they tested the missile and that it flew within the parameters allowed in the treaty. The treaty was signed in 1987 by President Ronald Reagan and Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev and bans U.S. and Russian land-based missiles with a range between 300 and 3,400 miles. The United States first alleged in its July 2014 compliance report that Russia is in violation of its INF treaty obligations not to possess, produce, or flight test a ground-launched cruise missile having a range of 500 to 5,500 kilometers or to possess or produce launchers of such missiles. Subsequent State Department assessments from 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2018 repeated those allegations. Secretary Mike Pompeo wrote on Twitter early Friday morning, On February 2, 2019, the U.S. gave Russia six months to return to compliance with the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty. Russia refused, so the treaty ends today. The U.S. will not remain party to a treaty when others violate it. Russia bears sole responsibility. Russian President Vladimir Putin said in a televised meeting with his defense and foreign ministers, Our American partners have announced the suspension of their participation in the treaty, so we will suspend as well. We will wait until our partners are ready to carry out an equal, substantial dialogue with us on this very important topic, for us, for our partners, and for the whole world. Putin ordered officials not to initiate any talks on disarmament. France, Germany, and other NATO allies have backed America's claim that Russia has been violating the treaty. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said the transatlantic alliance would respond in a measured and responsible way to the significant risks posed by the Russian 9M729 missile to Allied security. He added that NATO does not want a new arms race and confirmed there were no plans for the alliance to deploy land-based nuclear missiles of its own in Europe. Last month, he told the BBC that the Russian missiles were nuclear-capable, mobile, very hard to detect, and could reach European cities within minutes. The U.S. already planned to start testing a new class of missiles later this summer. However, the new missiles are most likely to be deployed to counter China, which has amassed an imposing missile arsenal and is now seen as a much more formidable long-term strategic rival than Russia. Mark Fitzpatrick, executive director of the Non-Proliferation Program at the Washington-based International Institute for Strategic Studies, is worried the dissolution of arms control treaties will bring the world closer to a new arms race. Nothing good will come out of the U.S. withdrawal. The Trump administration has made a huge mistake. It's a breakdown of arms control. It's a breakdown of trust between the U.S. and Russia. The U.S. will have problems with its European allies, and it will engage in a new arms race with China as well. 
the one major arms control treaty remaining with Russia is the far larger one called New Start, which appears unlikely to be renewed when it expires in less than two years. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres told reporters Thursday that the treaty's expiration means the world will lose an invaluable break on nuclear war. This will likely heighten, not reduce, the threat posed by ballistic missiles. He urged the U.S. and Russia to urgently seek agreement on a new common path for international arms control. The Pentagon announced on Thursday, August 1st, that they are preparing to withdraw thousands of troops from Afghanistan as part of a peace deal that Department of Defense officials have been working on between the U.S. and the Taliban. DOD officials state that an agreement could potentially be finalized prior to the Afghan presidential elections in September, although they are approaching the topic with caution, suggesting that Taliban leaders could still delay the process. While plans to pull troops are still in the works, DOD officials still state that the withdrawal is subject to the completion of a peace agreement. Reports indicate that if a peace deal is brokered between the U.S. and Taliban, that the agreement would pull approximately 6,000 troops from Afghanistan. In a statement released to Fox News, a State Department official outlines the conditions of the agreement, stating, While resolute support or the Department of Defense can speak with more authority on this issue, we have not adjusted our troop levels in Afghanistan to reflect our discussion with either the Afghan government or the Taliban. The presence of U.S. forces has long been conditions-based. Adjustments over the years have been conditions-based. Any future reduction or withdrawal of forces will also be conditions-based. So far, the Trump administration has undergone eight rounds of negotiations with the Taliban, which is being moderated by Zalmi Kalalzad, a U.S. special envoy and former U.S. ambassador to Kabul. Kalalzad suggests that a peace agreement could be met in Qatar later this week, tweeting, In Doha, if the Taliban do their part, we will do ours and conclude an agreement that we have been working on, wrapping up my most productive visit to Afghanistan since I took this job as special rep. On Thursday, Senator Lindsey Graham voiced skepticism in a tweet, saying, Very interested to see what kind of deal is being made with the Taliban in Afghanistan. One thing I know for certain, Al-Qaeda and ISIS will never be at the negotiating table. Mr. President, keep your foot on their throat. A meaningful counterterrorism force is an insurance policy against another 9-11. Fight them there so they don't ever come here again. President Trump has called for the return of U.S. troops, arguing that other global peacekeeping forces need to step up and help stabilize Afghanistan. Great nations do not fight endless wars, the president stated. Thanks to their bravery, we are now able to pursue a possible political solution to this long and bloody conflict. As we make progress in these negotiations, we will be able to reduce our troop presence and focus on counterterrorism. And we will indeed focus on counterterrorism. While the proposal has been met with skepticism by both U.S. and Afghan officials, citing doubts about the Taliban's intentions, if the proposal is approved, it has the potential to be one of the largest steps towards ending the war in Afghanistan, which started in 2001 following the September 11th terror attacks. The U.S. military is using experimental high-altitude balloons to survey large portions of the Midwest states. According to The Guardian, who first broke the story, up to 25 unmanned solar-powered balloons are being launched from rural South Dakota and drifting 250 miles through an area spanning portions of Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Missouri before concluding in central Illinois. The purpose of the balloons is to conduct high-altitude MESH networking tests over South Dakota to provide a persistent surveillance system to locate and deter narcotic trafficking and homeland security threats. Arthur Holland Michel, 
the co-director of the Center for the Study of the Drone at Bard College in New York, told The Guardian, What this new technology proposes is to watch everything at once. Sometimes it's referred to as combat TiVo, because when an event happens somewhere in the surveilled area, you can potentially rewind the tape to see exactly what occurred, and rewind even further to see who was involved and where they came from. The Guardian reported that the test is being commissioned by the U.S. Southern Command, also known as SOUTHCOM, which oversees intelligence and security operations as well as disaster response in the Caribbean and Central and South America. The Sierra Nevada Corporation, a Nevada-based aerospace company which supplies SOUTHCOM with aircrafts, is the company that filed the documents for the test with the FCC. The FCC documents show that the program is authorized from July 12th through September 1st. The Jamestown Sun found that this isn't Southcom and Sierra Nevada's first go at an airborne surveillance program. Southcom's commander, Admiral Craig Fowler, testified to the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee in February that a surveillance program was conducted via light aircraft over Mexico, Colombia, Panama, and the Caribbean Sea last year. Fowler said, While improving efficiency, we still only successfully interdicted about 6% of known drug movements in 2018. The Guardian suggested the radar system may be Sierra Nevada's Gorgon Stare video capture system, which U.S. military drones already use. The Pentagon also used Gorgon Stare on tethered surveillance blimps in Afghanistan. It consists of nine cameras recording panoramic images, enabling operators to capture activity across the entire city at once. The tests were already noticed by the American Civil Liberties Union, Jay Stanley, a senior policy analyst at the ACLU, told The Guardian his organization does not think that American cities should be subject to wide area surveillance in which every vehicle could be tracked wherever they go. We should not go down the road of allowing this to be used in the United States, and it's disturbing to hear that these tests are being carried out by the military, no less. A rival balloon operator, Worldview, recently announced that it had carried out its own multi-week test missions in which the stratospheric balloons were able to hover a five-mile diameter area for six and a half hours and larger areas for days at a time. Ryan Hartman, former president and chief executive of Institu, a Boeing-owned developer of remotely piloted vehicles and newly appointed CEO of Worldview, said that, Worldview had also completed a dozen surveillance test missions for a customer it would not name, capturing data he would not specify. Obviously, there are laws to protect people's privacy, and we are respectful of those laws, Hartman said. We also understand the importance of operating in an ethical way as it relates to further protecting people's privacy. Thanks for listening. If you want to find more content, head over to subverse.minds.com to find articles, videos, and join our public newsroom, where you can discuss topics and ideas as well as share articles. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Medium, where we regularly post our content and receive feedback from our valued listeners like you. If you'd like to support our work, you can donate to our PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. You can also get Subverse gear at our Teespring shop. All the links are in the description. Stay tuned for more content every week, and we'll see you next time.